0: There it is. Good morning, everyone. My name is Alex Hershey. I'm the pastor of the branches here. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome to Labor Day weekend at the branches. Also, welcome to the first Sunday back after the, 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 the rec center does a closure here. So if you start like it could be two things. It could be feeling that God is calling you to do something or that the chemicals in here are still fresh. So that could be two things going on this morning for you, or it could be both. I don't know. I mean, it could be both or one or the other. I don't know. But anyway, uh, uh, it's always the one, I feel like it's always the one Sunday where we don't, it doesn't smell like gym socks in the rec center. I'm joking. I better not say that. That's. Uh, it always smells so clean here at the rec center. So anyway, but so glad that you're here this morning. Uh, it's so great to be able to gather and to worship together and to be reminded that we are loved by Jesus. That is such an important thing to be able to be reminded of that you are a child of God. God, that God has designed you in a way where he wants to have a relationship with you. So if you hear anything in this morning, I pray that you hear, I pray that you hear that no matter what has gone on in your past, no matter what is ahead of you or no matter what you're going through right now, Jesus loves you and his desire for you is to work in your life and transform you so that you will take steps in growing and having a strong faith in him. Our hope here is that we are able to uh, go deeper with Jesus so that we can branch out in Christ's love. And so we desire that for everyone in this place. Uh, Just really quick, uh, right after church, if you have been coming to the branches for a month or or a bit and want to know more about the life of this church, we're going to have coffee with the pastor I'm the pastor, so you can have coffee with me. And so if you'd like to grab that, I just want to make that invitation for you all in that. And also next Sunday, we're going to be starting a new sermon series in the month of September. I know today is a new month. It is already September. But we're going to be starting a new sermon series simply titled Jesus. And just look at who Jesus is. And I'm really excited about the month of September here in the branches. also have a very dear friend, Dr. Kim Reisman, who will be coming on the 25th. Uh, And she is actually, this right now, she is in England. She gets to talk about Jesus all over the world uh, and telling people how to be embraced by Christ's love and to share Christ's love with others. And if you have ever wanted to have someone, in my opinion, uh, talk about what does it mean to share the love of Jesus with others, I feel like she is one of the best people that is still alive on this planet. And the Branches gets to have her come and share with us. Uh, She's going to be here on the 25th. So I encourage you to sign up for that Sunday. I don't want you to miss it. She's going to preach, and then right afterwards we're going to have a bunch of soup because it's September, and all you talking about pumpkin spice, I'm over here like I want some chili anyway. But like we're going to have soup on the 25th, and then she's going to teach us. And then she's even offered to do Zoom class. She is awesome. And so she's been in, I know, let's see, just a few things. She's already been in South America or South Africa this year. She's in England right now. She's been plenty of other places, and she's going to be right here on the 25th. Don't miss it. Invite your friends. She is incredible. Uh, She's a gift uh, to to me and to this community uh, by doing this. Awesome. So I just wanted to say that really quick. Hey, uh, really quick, smile at someone and be like, I'm so glad you're here. Chad already stole my line, which is good. Now, you already said Jesus loves you, but now just be like, glad you're here this morning. It is good to be here. Woo! And now, also, I just want to, if you need this to check off on your list of things to do today, you'll also be like, I went to church. Bonus. I spent an hour in the gym. Bonus. You got it done. So look at this. Productive day for us all. Would you pray with me right now? God, we thank you so much for the love that you have for us through your son Jesus, who is our Savior who is the one who sets us free, breaks our chains of sin, Lord, and allows for us to be renewed and made new. God, you are amazing. And so in you we put our trust. So I pray right now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be yours and that your Holy Spirit moves in us all so that we will grow closer to who you are calling us to be and become. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When I was a kid, for a very short time, it was a short time, I think our family, and this is how I say it, I think our family had a hamster. And I don't know. I, I'm, I think, and it could be, I didn't fact check this with my parents, and I know they're here. So like, um, if you want to fact check me later, you can. And so I believe that we had a hamster. Uh, how short was this hamster in our house? I have no idea if we even named this hamster. But I do remember the best part about this hamster was simply that there was a hamster ball. Have any of you ever owned a hamster or anybody currently own a hamster? I'm not bad-mouthing hamster owners. I'm just curious. And so you have this hamster, and there was a ball, right? Did anybody know this? This is our family. And you put this hamster in the ball, and then the hamster would just, like, run around the house. And just, like, it was in a ball. And this is this might be why I don't remember having a hamster a long time, because there were times where we forgot that we put the hamster in the hamster ball, Right? Now, what was great for the hamster is that the hamster thought it was going, it had complete freedom, right? A complete freedom to go wherever it wanted to go. Had everything, had like, the world is at the hamster's fingertips. But in the reality, the hamster really didn't go anywhere. The hamster was still stuck in a ball, right? And so we can hear the sayings, like, you're just a hamster on the hamster wheel. But my saying, whenever I hear that, is like, or it's in a ball, you know? So it's in the hamster ball. But this is the thing, I think, that we can also sort of connect with hamster. This is where I'm like, I'm so glad I got up on Labor Day Sunday to come and hear about a hamster. When we get there, we can also relate because there's times in our lives where we feel like we are on a journey, right? We've been talking about our story this past month. We're wrapping it up today. And we can say that our story has been on a journey and we feel like we in the the busyness of life is that we have traveled far. We have seen places We have gone on emotional journeys, we've gone on physical journeys, we've traveled, we've gone on spiritual journeys, and we feel that we have gone away, but yet we can relate so much to being that hamster in the ball because at the end of the night, we feel like we haven't moved a bit. That we're still just there. And really, the only thing that we can check off is that we have been busy. And that's it. The number one saying that I hear the most I've been busy. That's the new number one saying in this world today. And the reality is is that often we can be like the hamster on the wheel, but we're probably more like the hamster in the ball. That we feel that we go all of these different places, but really we are just stuck in the same place. And nothing much has changed. We need to clean the ball out every once in a while. But other than that, we're just stuck in that ball. And for us in this day, we have to look at this because I believe that your story matters. The story that God has crafted for you, the story that God has wants you to live into, it matters. It matters what you do and who you do it with. Every piece of the story is a story that God wants you to see His beauty so that you can share His beauty with others while seeing that you are the beautiful part of the story as well. It's a really awesome thing that God wants for you. And yet, time and time again, we can miss out on the transforming power of God and the transforming story that God wants for us because we can find ourselves just going and going and going, but with little or no purpose instead of living counterculturally the way that God has intended us to live we design or we desire or we think we need to live the way the world is telling us and we do what the culture is asking of us and we miss out on being able to be shaken up by the love of Jesus and the grace of Christ Kevin Watson, who I think was written one of the most brilliant books, at least that I've written in the last read, and I haven't written it, he wrote it, I'd take credit for it, but anyway, I'd love to take credit for it, but one of the best books that I think I've read in the last 20 years, called Perfect Love, and he says this, we live in a persistent and prevalent busy, we live in a persistent and prevalent busyness, many of us are so addicted to being busy that we are hardly able to recognize it for the sickness that it is, particularly if it is pulling us away from spending intentional and focused time in God's presence. Ouch! That's intense. That's intense. It's one thing for the hamster to be running around and thinking that it is doing a lot of connection, or, you know, being in a lot of places. It's another thing for us, for us to be running around and realizing that it is taking us away from the love and the grace of Jesus. When we begin to wrap our lives around so many different things that are happening, we can forget what our genuine and true story can be for us. And how do we fit in this in our lives? So we've been looking at stories in the Bible to understand what our story should and could look like. And one of my favorite stories uh, in the Bible, and I've been able to do this because I'm the pastor. i get got to choose what I preach on. And so, I mean, God tells me what to preach on. And then I agree. Is the story of two sisters that Jesus goes and he visits. And as Jesus goes and he visits them, they are amped up. Like, who wouldn't it be? Like, you're like, this is the guy, like last week, right, we talked about how he healed the blind man with spit and mud. And now, like, it's like awesome, like, oh my gosh, this guy is showing up at our house. This is a big deal. Like, this is the rabbi. He's coming. He's coming, and it's going to be great. So, like, they're getting pumped up. And so we find this interaction of these two sisters and Jesus. And so if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open them up to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. It'll be up on the screen, but I encourage you to read it on your phone or if you've brought your Bible with you, and you can take a look at it. And it's a good story. And maybe some of you have heard this story before about Martha and Mary. Maybe you haven't, but if you have heard this story before, My encouragement is that I think you can hear new things from this scripture that will help you in this coming week. And uh, I, I, uh, I know that this week for me, I heard something completely new from God, and so I'm excited to share it with you. So it says this, starting in verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Amen. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, Martha. That's, anyway, okay. That's my Brady Bunch movie there for you, everybody. Okay, all right, but I know what's real name. Okay. Martha, the Lord answered, You were worried and upset about many things, but few things. Are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is a classic uh, sibling story in some ways, right? Where a lot of times siblings are the same, but sometimes siblings are different. And there's times where I read through this passage and I get more frustrated with Mary, right? Because I feel that my hands and my feet are doing more work, and yet Jesus is telling me to chill out. And I'm like, Jesus, but look what I'm doing for you. And then there's times where I read through the story and I'm like, Amen, Amen, Mary. You just hang out. Martha, you need to chill out, right? Just sit down and listen to Jesus. Stop working so hard. It's a passage that we can go back and forth with and we can and we can struggle with and we can also read and we can relate very, very much to both of these characters. Now maybe sometimes we can say, Martha, I stopped being lazy. And then there's times where Martha stopped working so hard and Mary stopped being so lazy. But I think what we begin to see in this passage is something that is even deeper. Is that in the midst of having Jesus present with them, there was a sense of busyness that was happening. That because company is coming over, we have to make sure that everything is just right. And our hands and our feet start working and working and working and going and going and going and going and going. And I love this interaction that then Jesus has with Martha, right? As she's like in the kitchen getting, you know, the hummus ready. That's my, that's my, my uh, ancient Near Eastern study for the day. They had hummus. I don't know if they did. They had fish. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, and so the hummus among us. Okay. All right. And so they, they're getting She's getting it all ready. All the chickpeas are ready. And she's getting everything lined up. But then Jesus pulls her aside because Jesus is Jesus. He knows when we're not doing all right. And he's going to come and he's going to talk to us. He's going to spend time with us. He's not going to let his time be hijacked by just one person. He's here for all of us. So he pulls Martha aside. And he says, I know this is going to be used later in a Brady Bunch movie, so I'm going to say your name twice. But they're going to change it to Marsha, 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 and say it three times. Anyway, okay. So Martha, Martha, he gets her attention. And he says, you're so busy. And there's two things that I think here. If you're asking yourself, am I a busy person, right? There's one thing like where you can say, I'm a good busy I try to say, the, the busyness is full in my life, and that's good. But then if we begin to see if the busyness is unhealthy in our lives. I think there's a few things that we see just in this simple passage, and, and just the few words that Jesus knows how to use. And he says, and I think one of the things that we see is that he's like, he says, if, do you worry when things are good? That's what he's saying to Martha here. Like, things are good. Like the savior of the world. I mean, he's like, he's not Jesus, like, I'm not trying to brag here, but I am the savior of the world. And I'm in your house. Like things are good. Like I was just a guy named Zacchaeus' house. He was he was loving this. Why aren't you loving it, Martha? You know? Like, things are good. Why are you worried? He calls her out. Why are you worried? You're you're too busy to see what is good in your life. What is good that has happened? As we were singing earlier, count every blessing. God is at work in our lives. There are good things happening. But if you are consumed in the worry in the midst of the good, we can get lost. Something that I've learned in uh, my life, I wish I probably would have learned it earlier in my marriage. Uh, it would have been good. was that like if we were having company come over... Uh, and uh, I would Krista would be getting everything nice, like nice in the house, like all of a sudden, like there's food in the oven, and, like it's cooking, smelling nice, like and and like a candles are lit. like, oh, OK, that's good. It smells like a gym floor. You know, it's going good. No. But like everything's getting put in the perfect way. And I and, and she's as she's busier, she's getting more like worried and stressed. And I'm like, what? hey, we got pump company coming over. I invited them. <laughs> Why are you worried? You know? And I I wish I would have learned earlier in life that me helping doesn't mean me watching the football game while she gets everything ready. I I, I've learned that that is not a good way to help in getting the house ready. It just causes more worry because the more busy she gets, the worried the more worried she gets, right? That's the same with me too. Now I just turn the football game on, and I really am good at helping. I all hundred percent attention is on helping, not the football game. Anyway, okay, but this is reality for us, right? Like we can get so sidetracked so quickly. We can get so caught up in making sure everything is perfect. We're living in a time where we think everything has to be perfect, and it doesn't. That we get lost about what is, in, is really important, and we miss the blessings of friendships that are around, of of work that is able to be provided for us. We miss the blessings of being able to gather in a place and to worship Jesus. And we allow for the worry. And we miss some of the beautifulness in the bumbling. And we can't do that. Martha was lost in the worry. And she missed out on the blessings from God. Don't allow the busyness of life or the busyness of a moment to have you miss out on how good God is. The second thing is this. If you find yourself being too busy in life, and this is what Jesus calls Martha out on, is that that you are easily upset. You're easily upset. Like, you, you jump on things really fast. A few years ago, I was uh, uh, sort of booked a full day, right? And this is, this is you're like, oh, booked a full day. Yeah, I booked a full day and there was a golf outing in the middle of it. It was a hard day. It was hard. But anyway, but I was trying to get everything done before that I had to go out to this golf outing. And then I knew the moment I had to leave that golf outing to make sure that I had to go and have a full evening of things that I was, I was doing for work and family and everything in between. We all know those days. And I remember, as I was racing to the golf outing, and I was looking at my watch, and, and I, if you've ever been, t- this is a whole other sermon, but like if you've ever been ter- tardy to a golf outing, it's 100% embarrassing because I've definitely had to walk my bag to a hole because I missed the shotgun start. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. And so I'm racing to it, and as I'm getting into my golf cart, putting on my shoes, right, I'm like, I made it, right? Shockingly enough, when I made a bad shot, now this is just the thing. My golf game, there is no reason I should ever be mad about any shot that I ever take. There also should be no reason that I shouldn't be amazed at every, if there's a good shot. I'd just be like, this is amazing. This is a gift from God because I am not a good golfer, right? But I had this shot go bad, and I just found myself tensing up, and I wanted to throw my club. And if I would have, it would have gone a lot farther than my ball, and I wouldn't have even had to throw the club that far. And I realized that I was getting mad about being outside with good people on a beautiful day. I was too busy. And I was getting upset quickly. Jesus, in this short little line to Martha, reminds her, and said, if you are worried and if you are getting upset, you are too busy. You need to chill out. And you need to see that you need to be around the presence of God. This has to happen in our lives. So something that then pulls me in as we wrap this up this morning is simply this. is simply this. I believe that if we look at the deep level of this story, what it's really, beginning, what it's really getting to is intentions versus actions. We are living. We are a people that love to say we have good intentions, and we can also we also can give cheap grace sometimes. Like, well, they had good intentions about that, but oh well, they never paid their insurance, you know, stuff like that. And so, but like, there's different things. And so, when they hit my car, okay, all right. But this is the thing: is that we're living in a time where the intentions versus actions are your. Our intentions are to have a relationship with Jesus. Martha knew that Jesus was there. And she was doing the right thing. She was making sure that the relish tray was out on the table. But her actions weren't lining up correctly. In our lives, we can say that we have great intentions about knowing and understanding who God is and allowing for God to be part of our story and allowing the God to be laced in our story that we desire to walk that narrow path with Jesus. And we want this for our lives, and we want this for our kids' lives, and we hope that our friends come along with us in this journey. But then our actions don't really line up. We forget that we have to be around God and and where God is to maybe interact with God and be with God and be present with God. This is something for us to need desperately in our lives to understand that our intentions aren't the same as our actions. That if we intend to be a child of God and walk with God daily, then our actions need to reflect that. It isn't something that just happens. This is what Jesus is really teaching in this passage as as I hear this in this time, is that Jesus is saying, Martha, Mary, what are your true intentions? And do they line up with your actions? Are you all in? Are you ready for what is ahead? To live counterculturally is to live for Jesus. To live the way the world is calling us is to live the way of the hamster ball. To just go and to go to work to make money so then you can fill your calendar up with things where you can spend your money and then to start it all over again. Living for Jesus. Living for Jesus means that we intentionally center our lives upon Christ and His teachings. That we intentionally understand that our story matters and we don't want to just go around from thing to thing from place to place, and say, look what I did. But instead, our story is, look the way that Jesus has loved me, transformed me. Would you come along with me on this journey? This week, my challenge is this. Make sure you say no to something and yes to spending time with Jesus. Run away from the things that are keeping you from God and run to the things that are going to pull you closer into a relationship with Jesus. Would you pray with me? Oh God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your love for us, and we thank you that you allow for us to be a people that can find rest, a people of Sabbath, a people of peace. And the only way that we can have this is by being present with you. Let us not fall into the trap of busyness. But let us fall into your arms of love. Our stories matter. And everyone's story here matters. So let us be a people that don't just fall onto good intentions, but let us be a people who have a story that is upon action. An action of worshiping and honoring you with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here at the branches, all who believe and confess that Jesus is Lord are welcome to take communion. If you grabbed your communion on your way in, great. If you need it, they're going to be passing the bucket a little bit forward. So uh you can toss the body and blood of Jesus around. That was awesome. But yeah, make sure you get some uh, of, of this, and we'll take communion together. Here at the branches, we are reminded that Jesus is our Savior. He is fully divine, and He loves us. He is fully divine, fully human, and He is the perfect sacrifice. He died upon the cross so that we might live. and We want to live for Jesus because of this, and we want to have our lives centered upon Him. And as Jesus sat around the table right before He went to the cross with His disciples, He broke bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. And then he passed the cup around and he said, this is my blood spilled for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this as often as you can. And so here we are 2,000 years later doing it as often as we can to be reminded that we are followers of Jesus and nothing else. That in, in our lives with our brains being scattered everywhere about every different thing, this is a moment right now where we center on Jesus. And we're reminded that He forgives us of our sins so that we can follow Him and know we're loved and share His love to this world around us. Would you pray with me? Oh God, thank You so much for laying Your life down for us so that we might live now and forever. We ask that you bless this bread and this juice. Let it represent to us your body that was broken, your blood that was spilled. Allow for us in this time in the stillness of our hearts to confess our sins to you so that we can be made whole again. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your grace and your forgiveness. Let us now be filled with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The body of Christ broken for you, take and eat. The blood of Christ spilled for you, take and drink. As we leave this place today, let us go knowing that we are loved by Jesus and let us share his love to those all around us. If we have tomorrow off, let us rest well, all right? If we don't have tomorrow off, let us work well. If we don't work at all, let us just party well, I don't know, but let us go and do everything in a way where we are known, we know that we are loved by Jesus and we take the light of Christ as we leave this place and share it with a world who desperately needs it. Let us go with Jesus in this week. Amen. And also, if you could stack your chairs, that would be fantastic. All right, you guys, blessings upon all of you.